Dr. Jeffrey Gold believes that direct primary care might just be the model that could fix the healthcare system. How could that happen, and why are more and more physicians choosing this practice model? We'll find out on this episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change that you want to see. Here's your host and chief transformation strategist, David Saltzman. This episode of the Shift Shapers podcast is brought to you by Captivated Health, a captive insurance arrangement designed specifically for educational institutions. If you have clients in that vertical, you know the healthcare deck has been stacked against them. Today, Captivated Health offers the stability, control, and savings they've been waiting for. For more information, go to www.captivatedhealth.com or click on the company logo on the Shift Shapers website. You know, with ever-increasing personal responsibility amounts, there's a renewed interest in something called direct primary care. Now, some of you may know that that's based on a concept that goes all the way back to 2007 called patient-centered medical home. We've discussed direct primary care a couple of times on the podcast, not recently, but a couple of times. But we've always done it from a plan or a patient perspective. Today's guest, DPC practitioner and owner of Gold Direct Care, Dr. Jeff Gold, And I had a conversation at a meeting that we were at together, and we thought it would be a great idea to explore it from the physician's perspective. So with that, welcome, Jeff. Welcome. Thanks, David, for having me. I appreciate it. So why, let's start, let's start right off. Why would a physician want to go this route as opposed to what most of our listeners would think of as a traditional route? Sure. I think that the main thing that I like to say is that especially in primary care, doctors usually choose it as a career to practice medicine, not practice insurance. And I think that our system in the third-party payment model has become more of practicing insurance for doctors than actually practicing medicine the way that they trained and the way that I think most of us hoped to practice when we were in medical school or younger thinking of what our day-to-day life would be like as a physician. So I think that that saying is what I like to say is that we just really want to practice medicine and not practice billing, coding, and insurance. So what we hear frequently that the traditional physician's office spends an inordinate amount of their time working on insurance issues is actually true. It's completely true. I would say that in an insurance-based primary care model, the ability to see enough patients in order to code and bill to meet overhead and get paid completely detracts from what the main focus should be, which is taking care of patients as individuals, not as a bunch of checkboxes and cattle that come through your office for 15-minute visits back to back to back to back you know, people aren't widgets, they're, they're people. And yes, there are certain visits that can be accomplished in 15 minutes, but a majority, it's just humanly impossible to meet people's needs in that, in that type of time constraint. For listeners who might not be totally familiar with direct primary care, could you give us like the five or six bullet point 
version of what a direct primary care practice is? Sure. It, I mean, number one is it basically takes the word direct and means the contract is directly between the patient and the physician. Number two, no third-party involvement. People's information is completely secure and private between the doctor and patient, which is how it should be. There is zero third-party interference, billing, coding, documentation is done that's medical legally appropriate rather than what an insurance company or government payer want. It's asynchronous in that not everything requires a visit. People can text me, email pictures of rashes or concerns that they have, and a lot of times they can be addressed without a visit. And that's all included in just a, in my opinion, an affordable monthly fee that in our practice, we do age-based, different DPC practices do it differently, but it's really taking the fee-for-service model and getting rid of it for primary care and leaving it to the specialists and the hospital. You know, right now in our system, we're, we're coding and billing quadruple bypass surgery the same way we bill putting three stitches in. And it just makes absolutely no sense. There, the fact that we're paying for primary care and specialty hospital care the same in the same mechanism is just nonsensical for a multitude of reasons. So the the key is that it's really just getting back to the patient physician relationship for primary care, meeting people's individual needs when and where they are in that moment, and not having to go through this rigmarole of a third party system to justify the work that we're doing. You hear the term value-based care all the time. Well, who's my question is who's determining the value? How is it not the patient who's receiving the care that's determining the value, but these third parties determining value? It makes no sense. So what we're trying to do is say, look, I'm accountable to you and you're accountable to me and we work 50-50 to try to keep you healthy and be there when you need us. Now, I know that you think that one of the reasons that direct primary care is gaining more and more traction is about the patient experience as much as anything else. So we've talked a little bit about how the practice differs from the physician's side. What's that patient experience like and and why do patients like the direct primary care model? Well, I think the, the thing that we hope they like is the value proposition that for less than a cable bill a month, they can have unlimited access through e-visits, in-person visits with no co-pays, no deductibles, in-office procedures included, discounted labs, discounted imaging. We try to do as much as we can to give value for that dollar. And I think the second thing is that there's transparency. People know what they're getting. Our our agreement is about six pages compared to a 40-page document from Blue Cross Blue Shield or another third party. So they know what they're paying for, they know what they're getting, and they know that we are there to help them as best as we can, not only not only from a care perspective, where the visits are, you know, in-person visits are at least a minimum of a half hour. Sometimes if I know a patient's complicated and needs more time, I can book an hour, hour and a half, depending on the patient. They don't feel rushed. 99% of the time, they're taken right in at the time of their appointment. They don't feel like just another number in the system, but actually a human being that has needs and concerns, and and it's all relative. Some people's concerns may seem minor to us, but in that moment, 
they're high priority to them and other people we have that are sicker that, you know, we prioritize more. It's, I mean, we treat everybody the same in terms of the level of care we give, but I think the key is that they know what they're getting for their dollar. Whereas in the third party model, what are you getting for it? And it, so it, does this become more like what some of us of a certain vintage remembers the old family doctor relationship? Yes. I think it's the saying I always use is it's, it's the newest, oldest way of doing primary care. We're getting back to the humanity and the personal relationship, helping people navigate this labyrinth of the healthcare system that we have popping into the hospital, you know, to see the patient if they're in the hospital, you know, doing all the things that I think older generations uh, and including myself, my pediatrician was exactly like this. I mean, on a Saturday night, if I, if I needed something, it was stop by the house. I'll take a quick look at them and be on your merry way. So I think we're getting back to that core of what medicine, especially primary care is really supposed to be about, but we're also using all the technology that we have now, Skype, FaceTime, texting, email to enhance the relationship rather than replace it, which I think is really important. Practice to practices. Is there a big difference, a big variance in the range of services that are offered and does the practice serve as a quarterback, for lack of a better word, when care that's not delivered in the practice is necessary for the patient? Yes, that's a great question. I think we don't practice above our license. We don't practice above our training. If there's things that I know are going to need surgical intervention or specialty consultation, we coordinate that care a lot better than I probably did in the insurance-based model where it's like, you know, here's the slip, take it up to the front desk, get the specialist information, and then go call. Now I actually am able to defragment care with people who have multiple doctors involved by communicating and trying to really, like you said, quarterback is is a great term to really help navigate. I've even gone to specialty visits with some of my patients who are really complicated that I wanted to make sure that things were going the right way. So yeah, we, we do whatever we need to do to help the patient navigate the system and at the same time, not practice outside the scope of primary care. And every primary care doc is different. You know, most of my patients are males, so I don't do as much gynecologic stuff as maybe a female family doctor does. So I'm more likely to refer those patients out, but really we all kind of do the basic chronic disease, acute management, a lot of urgent care stuff, try to keep the people away from specialists, away from the hospital, and away from emergency rooms and urgent cares as best as we can. And now, a word from our sponsor. Captivated Health is a single-source solution for your clients and prospects who are in the education vertical. The founders of Captivated Health have nearly 20 years' experience working with educational institutions, and over that time, They've developed a keen understanding of the unique problems these clients experience. Frustrated by a lack of control, the unpredictability of ever-increasing health care costs, and the pressures and regulations of the Affordable Care Act, these groups have been adrift in the fully insured commercial marketplace until now. Captivated Health has built a program that solves those problems, and it does so with virtually no disruption to faculty and staff while saving clients millions of dollars. We wanted you to be among the first to know that Captivated Health is building a national distribution partner network so you can bring this cutting-edge solution 
to the educational clients you advise. To learn more about the Captivated Health Solution, go to their website at www.captivatedhealth.com or click on their logo on the Shift Shapers website. And now, back to our interview. To the extent that there is such a thing as a typical day, what what does a typical day in the life of a direct primary care physician look like? That's a tough question because truthfully, every day is different. But the the typical day is, you know, I, I have usual work hours, office hours that myself, my nurse, and my front desk manager are here, usually between 8.30 to 4.30 or 5.00. Sometimes we see five patients a day. Sometimes we see zero and do everything through technology. The busiest day I've had since I've been open almost three years ago was I think there were a couple days where I saw 13 people, which at my old job would have been like sipping a drink on, on, a, on a beach somewhere if I had 13 people. So those were the busiest days we've had in terms of patient volume, but we're really trying to take care of people in the moment. And there's so many examples that I could give, but you know, there's email stuff, phone visits that not everything has to have that in-person visit. So you can file a claim to get paid by an insurance company. They're paying me a monthly fee so they can access me when they need me. What's your goal as, as, as direct primary care physician? You know, I think, Whenever you have goals, it's key to have a short-term goal and a long-term goal. And I think short-term, my goal coming into this was just, again, get back to practicing medicine the way that I think primary care medicine should be practiced without third-party interference. And I think for the most part, we've accomplished that goal. Another short-term goal was obviously to get people in the door. Change in different models, especially in the Northeast where I am, are very, very challenging for people. So that was a short-term goal, but long-term, I, I really want to see this, this model become the norm rather than the exception, because I think it could be applicable to any socioeconomic group. It can be applicable to complex patients, healthy patients. You know, I, I really think that there's a role for this type of model in any healthcare reform discussion, and that's what I'd like to see long-term. One of the things you told me when we when we talked offline was that you think that this model could fix the whole system. What's that all about? What's your thinking there? Well, I know it's a pretty grandiose statement that a lot of people will disagree with, but I think that the the beauty of direct primary care is everybody falls into their little box. And what I mean by that is People still need insurance, you know, and insurance really is getting very close to going back to what insurance was supposed to be for, you know, major, unexpected, expensive medical things, not day-to-day primary care. So the insurance companies could keep their little box and just be insurers and not be managing people's care. There's always going to be a role for the, for the government in healthcare to help the people who truly can't afford a fee that's less than a cable bill a month because there are people that can't. And they can assist those people by giving them, you know, just like they do food stamps give it, or an EBT card, giving them a DPC card to give them better primary care and hopefully debt save downstream costs to taxpayers by giving them better primary care. And then doctors get to be doctors and patients get to be patients and and not have to worry about, 
the complexity of this this maze that we've created so that third parties are are controlling everything rather than the patient and doctor being in control. So I just think I've always been a believer in Occam's razor. You know, you take a complex situation and no one's going to argue that healthcare economics and reform is not complicated, but the way to solve a complex problem is to try to find the simplest solution. And all we've done so far is continue to put band-aids on this gaping, gaping wound instead of actually saying, well, how did this wound get here? And, and how do we stitch it up piece by piece? And I just think direct primary care is, is clean. Everybody can still have their role in, in, in healthcare payment and, and care. But I think it gets back to insurance being insurance and, and care being care. And they're two different, completely different entities. So in your practice, do you, work, and I know I'm guessing every practice is different, but did, in your practice, do you work with employer groups as well as just individuals who knock on your door? Sure. We, we try, you know, again, it's, it's a very, very difficult sale to make people are for lack of better term. I, I use the term Stockholm syndrome, which I don't know if you're familiar with, but it's basically, I think people and doctors have just identified with their kidnapper, which is this system in order to survive. So I think when you try to approach people, whether it's individuals, families, employers, about stepping outside the box and doing something different, there's a lot of hesitation towards change. Even if it makes more economic sense to do it this way, I've come to the fruition very quickly that People will maybe use money or the expense of DPC as, as an excuse, but really what it comes down to is fear of change. And what I try to tell employers is, hey, you know, I'm, I'm a business owner myself. And if I'm trying to convince you to buy my product and by buying that product, you're exposed to a major, major financial or medical catastrophe, never mind my oath, my, my business is done. That's one social media post that's going to go viral and I'm cooked. So, you know, we want to work with good benefit benefits, you know, coordinators and people, brokers and people who understand how to make sure the employers and their employees are covered for the insurable events, but also how direct primary care can work with those benefits to really keep their employees happy, healthy and keep their costs down. And it's a hard sell. It's not easy. Well, somebody once told me that people love change. They just don't like to be changed. And I think in some ways they see this as being changed. But that that being the case, I think there's a lot of interest. How do people, whether they're an, a benefits advisor asking on behalf of one of their group clients or an individual, how do they find a direct primary care practice near them? The best site that, that a lot of us recommend is by Dr. Phil Eskew. It's, it's dpcfrontier.com. There's tons of great information that he's put up there with a mapper of practices. And it even breaks down whether the practice is a hybrid, meaning that it takes some insurance, but also does DPC, whether the practice is fully DPC, what DPC really means by definition. There's, there's tons of literature that he's put up there because he's, he's also a JD as well and is an expert in the, you know, legal issues with benefits and, and how DPC can work and with, with employers and other insurers. And it's, it's a great website that has just a wealth of information on there. 
And we'll put a link in the show notes on shiftshapersonline.com so people can find that site very easily. Yeah. The other thing too is a lot of us are also forming different kind of regional DPC alliances. We have the New England Direct Primary Care Alliance where there's about seven or eight of us in the New England area between Maine, New Hampshire, and Massachusetts that are involved you know, trying to form a group right now. We actually, we, we have a formal group, but other areas of the country are also doing the same. So you can check out New England Direct Primary Care Alliance or Mid-Atlantic. They're, they're sprouting up all over the place. We've got about a minute or two left, and I, I, we always like to ask our guests, where do you see the future of this? How do you, how do, what's the growth slope look like? Well, I think it's a, my hope is obviously it's not a major high steep slope that's happening quickly, like all of us would, I think, want, but it's a very slow, steady climb. And I think it's because there is no other way for the system to go. You know, I know there's a lot of people that are big proponents of a single payer system in the US. And I wish I believed in unicorns too, but I just, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. So I think with insurance becoming more insurance-like with people having deductibles and co-insurance and co-pay, hope is that if we can provide good value, transparency, affordability, and access and care, which are very different than having an insurance card in your wallet, then we're going to be okay. And it's just going to take time. And I hope that it is slow, steady growth. And I hope more doctors will reach out to anybody who's doing DPC to spend some time with us because there there is an alternative than being trapped in a system that really doesn't favor you and doesn't favor your patients. And without the two of us, there is no system. And that's a great place to end our conversation today. Dr. Jeff Gold, uh, owner of Gold Direct Care in Marblehead, Massachusetts. Thanks for sharing your expertise with the Shift Shapers audience. Oh, thanks, David, for having me and always happy to be on. The Shift Shapers podcast is a production of Strategic Vision Publishing and David Saltzman. This podcast may not be reproduced in any form, in whole or in part, without the express written permission of the producers. All rights reserved. Thank you.